Lord, we desire you to speak to us. We desire to hear from our heavenly Father. We, we need you. We're desperate. Because in this life, Lord, there's craziness. And we need you to steady our hearts. We need you to guide us. We're thankful that you're going to perfect the work that you've begun in us. We trust you in that. And so that's why right now we settle in to hear from your word. And um, as a family, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, I pray that no one would miss a thing. We love you. We pray in your precious name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Okay, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. We're still continuing in the book of Ephesians. And we're starting in verse 14. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. When I think of these, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Whew, that is a powerful prayer. One of the most potent prayers that we come across in the Bible. And this has been an anticipated prayer as we've just gone through the side note of the apostle Paul. As the beginning of... <clears throat> Chapter 3, his desire was to begin to pray, but he doesn't pray until right here, verse 14. That opening statement, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. It's very significant because the Jews, they didn't pray on their knees. They prayed standing up. Matter of fact, if you go to Jerusalem, you'll still see that that is something they still do. You can go to the Wailing Wall, and there you'll see Jews standing as they pray. See? <laughs> I've been there, and you see them, and, and their real intent in their prayer. And so for a Jew to say, I kneel and pray, that was something very significant. Something was about to happen. There was a great significance in his posture. Thanks be to God that you and I, believers in Christ Jesus, have the freedom in Christ 
to enter boldly with confidence to the throne room of Christ, we could be walking, sitting, kneeling, laying, flying, swimming, running. We could pray, walk, chew gum at the same time. Because of freedom that's been given to us. That's the gospel truth. We can pray in any posture. And today, we're going to learn from Paul's prayer. We want to give great attention to it because, again, the posture that he has here, he's, he's not doing the Tebow, but he is on his knees, and he's praying, and he's drawing us into the significance of this prayer. And my prayer is that his prayer will help us grow in prayer, both individually and as a community, as a body of believers. I believe that this family service is significant for us to learn more, grow more, be greater and fruitful in our prayer life. Because, friends, let me tell you this. As a church, there is room for us to grow. We, we cannot be arrogant to think, no, we're good. All is good. No, all is not good on the home front. We, as a body of believers, need to grow continually in our prayer life, both individually and as a body. As a body, we need to grow in prayer. I read across this story about uh, Charles Spurgeon's church. It says that there was five young college students who were really excited to go to his church. They were spending some time in London, so they wanted to go hear the famous Charles Spurgeon preach. And so while they were waiting for the doors to open, because church had not begun yet, there was a man who greeted them. And he said to them, would you like me to show you around? And they consented thinking, yes, this is awesome. And then he says to them, would you like me to show you the heating plant of the church? They weren't really particularly interested in the heating plant because it was in the middle of July and it was really hot. But they consented because they thought that this man had been so kind as to ask them to show them around. So the man takes them downstairs to the heating plant where he opens the door slowly and as the college students peek in, they see 700 people on their knees praying for the service that is about to begin. Can I get an amen? It was at that point that the man closed the door and he looked to the gentleman and introduced himself as Charles Spurgeon. And at this point, they learned a valuable lesson. Much more, I believe, probably much more than the preaching was the prayer. That has been the hope and the prayer as a church staff, as Britt and I have humbly been given the opportunity to begin this work, it was founded on prayer. Because mind you, we, I remember nine years ago, we would look at each other and going, really, you? He would look at me and go, you? 
Yeah, us. It would drive us to prayer. It would drive us to prayer because we knew that this could not be a work of a man. It had to be a work of the Spirit. And something happens when the church of Christ prays. It was always our hope and prayer that our prayer meetings would be greater attended than our services. We have not gotten there yet. Matter of fact, if anything, we're struggling in that area. We need to grow in prayer. Friends, our prayer meetings are Sunday morning, 9 a.m., Tuesday mornings, 7 a.m. Go online. Find a prayer meeting that you can be a part of. Why? So that you can grow in prayer. So that our body here on the coastlands will grow in prayer. If those services don't work for you, then begin a prayer meeting. Find one that you can go to. It doesn't have to be necessarily attached to this church. Find a prayer meeting that you can be a part of. Because what you will be doing for yourself is it'll help you grow in prayer. It's kind of funny. Corporate prayer and prayer uh, individually in the closet. As you pray, as you engage in communication with God, guess what happens? Just like any relationship, when you communicate with each other, the relationship grows. My marriage with my wife, as we look in September for 20 years, has sustained because of communication with each other and communication with a holy God. Without that communication, marriages are done. Prayer is significant. Communicating to God is significant. I've learned, personally, I've learned so much. I've grown in my prayer life. Tuesday mornings. Tuesday mornings as I hear other people of the body praying. As they pray, I grow. Just as we're about to read Paul's prayer, as his prayer, as we read it, we're going to grow in it. Same is true in community as we pray as a body of believers. We grow. A lot of people stay clear of prayer meetings for many reasons. I used to avoid prayer meetings um, early in my marriage. I was, a, I was a relatively young believer when I got married. And my wife was a prayer warrior. We were part of a Campus Crusade for Christ at UCSB. And she, amen. And she would lead the prayer meetings. And I would go maybe half the time. And when I would go, I would just be like, wow, what is, I mean, what is up with this prayer meeting? Why is she so into this? And then as I frequently started going more and more, all of a sudden something happened. I began to grow. I actually began to pray. I wouldn't go, I think, because I didn't consider myself a prayer warrior. I didn't consider myself one who prayed well because I would listen to her prayers and think, oh, dang. I don't want to follow up after that other than a amen. <laughs> what she said. And I fear that people don't go to prayer meetings because they're like me. 
I don't want to go to a prayer meeting because what, what do I have to contribute? Such a lie from the enemy. You are part of the body of Christ. Each of you. Whether you reside in Ventura, Carpinteria, or here in Santa Barbara, Ojai, wherever you are, God has given you this opportunity in the coastlands to be a part of his work, the mission of Christ. And you are a significant part of the body of Christ. We're all members, pulled together. Significant are you both to Christ and the body. Go to a prayer meeting and just see what God does. Go frequently. Maybe what will happen to you is what would happen, happen to me. I began to actually engage and grow in prayer. I like what Spurgeon says in regards to prayer. The more we pray, the more we shall want to pray. The more we pray, the more we can pray. The more we pray, the more we shall pray. He who prays little will pray less. He who prays much will pray more. And he who prays more will desire to pray more abundantly. If you pray less, you'll pray little. If you pray more, you'll pray a lot. Friends, if you have found to be one who doesn't pray, the remedy is prayer. (laughs) It's kind of funny, right? Listen, as a community, as a body of believers, when we gather together in prayer meetings, we really grow. And I mean, even in your homes, Kids, listen to me. As adults, we learn when you pray. When you pray, your little prayers are powerful. We learn from those prayers. This morning, my son was up before I left, and I was reading my Bible on the couch, and he came and he crawled up on my lap, and I said, son, will you pray for me? I'm teaching the Bible today, and I need your prayers. And he just pauses like he's just contemplating, okay, Lord. And there's just this long, dramatic pause. And he says, Lord, help daddy not to mess up. (laughs) And help the people to learn, amen. (laughs) I learned from that prayer. What did I learn from that prayer? Sometimes the shortest prayers are the most potent ones. You don't need to pray at length and use elaborate words to be potent in your prayer. Sometimes the most childlike prayers are the most potent ones. Kids, you can learn from your parents as they pray for you. Families, we need to be praying together. Both families individually, as, as roommates, whatever uh, situation you're in, you, you want to find yourself to be praying frequently. Prayer is the one thing that disciples ask Jesus to teach them. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy to think that. Like, I think, of, think of Peter. Say, okay, Jesus, I was walking on water for a little bit. 
but can you teach me to, 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 to make the full length to cross the Sea of Galilee? They didn't go and say, Jesus, okay, so the multiplying of the, the fish, okay, this could be really handy. Can you teach me these things? Water into wine. Lord, that would be a great one. <laughs> teach me that move. No. No, no, no. The one thing that the disciples had asked Jesus to teach them is found in Luke 11, verse 1. Once Jesus in a certain place was praying, and he finished, and one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Friends, the reason why they had asked the Lord to teach them to pray is because they saw the potency of prayer. They saw that all that he was doing was related to prayer. There is no difference between our Jesus then and now. Lord, teach us to pray. And he is right here. Verse 16. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he would empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Whew. Unlimited resources of power available to us through the Holy Spirit that builds strength in the inner man. Unlimited resources of power. That's like beyond the everlasting gobstopper. That's like everlasting resources. What, what does this world have to offer? I mean, think about the everlasting gobstopper. Is it everlasting? Who said yes? Sue, I mean. Listen, what this world has to offer as everlasting is in the gobstopper. And guess what? It's not everlasting. Depending on who you are and how busy you are, you can make that thing go away in about an hour. No. Listen, friends, the one thing that is everlasting, the one thing that we've been engaged in, the one thing that Paul is talking about here is an unlimited resources that comes from Christ. He is from everlasting and there is an unlimited resources that you and I have. And those are available to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what that means for you and I is that when, when, when we fall short, it doesn't, it's, it's not saying to us that you need to try harder. When we want to grow in strength or we want to uh, uh, sustain our, our Christian walk, it's not a matter of trying harder. There is an unlimited resource by the power of the Spirit that gives us the strength. We don't have to muster up strength. It's been given to us and there is an unlimited resource of it. Amen? And how is it available? Through prayer. It's by prayer. 
that this unlimited resource is available to us. I mean, look at the book of Acts. You see that the, any significant work that took place in the book of Acts, you see two things present, prayer, Holy Spirit. Friends, if we are wanting to be significant in what God is doing here in the coastlands, we need to engage in prayer and invite and invoke the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. Amen? And, and then when this takes place, verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Home. Think of your body as a house. Not just a house that has walls and floors, but a home. A home significant as a comfort, rest, safety, unity, community, family. Paul is wanting to strengthen the inner man and, and, and he's given us this picture of Christ making, taking up residence in our hearts. And this is a direct result of this unlimited resource of the empowerment of the strength comes through the Holy Spirit and that is bringing, ringing truth of Christ in our hearts, deeply rooting us in his love. And this is all, again, as a result of prayer. This is what happens when we trust him. Because prayer ultimately, in communication with God, prayer ultimately requires faith and trust. And when we allow Christ to make his home in our hearts as we trust him, then roots will go down and God's love will keep us strong, keep us steady. Keep us on mission. This is what happens, friends, when we trust him. Think about it. That is what happened with Christ here on earth. The potent prayer times of Christ, whether it be in the wilderness or whether it be in the garden, were significant in trusting the Father in what was needed next. Trust was needed. Prayer was needed. As Jesus was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And unfortunately, what we see in that text The disciples weren't willing to engage. They fell asleep and they missed out. Did Christ hate them for it? No, he's not a hater. A little frustrated, but not a hater. The work of Christ still continued. God will still be on mission. God will still accomplish. But friends, Let's not be like the disciples and fall asleep. Amen? amen. Church, amen? amen? Let's not fall asleep. Let's not fall asleep in prayer. Let's engage. Let's engage in the work and the mission of Christ. 
Let's take advantage. Let's seek to grow. Let's seek to be uh, all that he's called us to be. We should desire more. We should desire to grow in prayer because by growing in prayer, we see that these significant truths become a reality. Verse 18 says this, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. That's something I want to grow in. The Apostle Paul says here that we should all desire as God's people to grow in how wide, long, high, and deep his love is. Because friends, know this. God's love is wide enough to include every person. God's love is long enough to last through eternity. God's love is deep enough to reach the worst sinner. God's love is high enough to take us to heaven. God's love is more than enough. There is nothing we need. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. There is more than enough of what he has to offer for us. And this love is to be experienced. Verse 19 says, may you experience the love of Christ through it. It's great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. I like the King James version of this verse. It says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of God. To be filled with God is a great thing. To be filled with the fullness of God is an even greater thing. But to be filled with the fullness, utterly filled with the fullness of God is mind-blowing. The eternal God desiring to fill us with his fullness. This morning, in light of all these truths, it would be wise for us to ask, am I experiencing the fullness? Am I experiencing the unlimited power available to me through the Holy Spirit? Am I trusting Christ, allowing him to make a home in my heart? Do I experience God's love that keeps me strong? Am I growing in understanding of how long, wide, deep, and, and high the love of Christ? Because if so, the, the solution is found in prayer. Not that our prayers are powerful, but the one we pray to is powerful. Let's take advantage right now and pray as families, as roommates. Whoever you came with today, make way, come, bow, and ask. Bring your Bible, highlight this prayer, and ask the Lord where you are in need. Are you in need of experiencing the, the power? Are you in need of experiencing his love? Then come, fall on your knees and beseech the Father because unlimited resources are available to you and you today, together, as a body of believers, we can grow in this. We can grow in our prayer life. We can grow in 
our Christian life if we're willing to pray. Come and take communion. Remember what Christ has done. Remember what he has done, which has allowed us access to enter in boldly. As families, come, pray together. Take communion together. Maybe you came alone. If you came alone, come take communion and remember that you are eternally not alone. Remember what Christ has done. We conclude this service right now by engaging in a time of worship and prayer. And I'm trusting and believing with all sincerity by every sweat that's on my head (laughs) that God is wanting to move amongst us. And this moment, this time will only be as significant as you desire, as, as you trust. Will you trust him to come forward and get on your knees? Will you trust him to beseech in prayer? Will you commune with him? Will you, as a dad, lead your family down here and lead them in prayer? Will you trust? I believe that it's significant in what God is wanting to do right here, right now. And so let's bow our heads and submit ourselves to the Lord as he now moves amongst us. Lord, we offer our lives to you and asking that you would come and move amongst us in regards to your word, Lord, we trust and believe that you are the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And we pray now that from your glorious unlimited resources that you would come and empower us. That you would strengthen us from our inner man through your spirit. Christ, we invite you to come and make home, make a greater degree of residence in our hearts. We ask that you would make deep roots to go deep down into our very beings. Our souls would be affected by your love, oh God. I pray here this morning, Lord, that you would give everyone in this room a a greater degree of understanding of your truth a greater degree of understanding of how high, how deep is your love. Father, help us. We need you. And we submit to you now as your spirit moves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's respond both to this prayer and in prayer as we seek to grow come, come forward watch and see what God will do this season I believe he has great and mighty things I trust that, I believe that and let's do that together amen